Well, markets are very cautious today. COVID numbers are rising. France might be readying itself for a lockdown. And although it's still very likely that Biden is going to win, there's still questions about how efficient will be the transfer of power in the United States. And all that uncertainty is knocking share prices. It's hit oil and the US dollar has risen. And we've got lots of data today. So we've got quite a bit to get through. It's Thursday, the 29th of October, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, remember how yesterday the US dollar was back on the slide, having been on the climb at the start of the week. So obviously in this topsy-turvy world, it's back on the climb again today, up more than half percent on the DXY. The big losers have been the Canadian and the Aussie dollars, both down almost one percent. The euro and the pound down around 0.4 percent. Only one direction for US stocks, though, firmly down 2.8 percent for the Dow, down 2.9 percent for the Nasdaq, 3.1 percent down for the S&P 500. Similar big falls in Europe, in fact, three and a half percent down for the euro stocks. 50. The ASX 200, as we know, finished slightly up yesterday. That might be challenged this morning. We'll see. None of this uncertainty is spilling over to bonds today, though. Certainly not in the United States. We're not seeing uh, moves there at all. But big upward moves in yields in Southern Europe. But that's about it. And another day for big falls in oil. 5.6% down for WTI, getting back to prices that we've not seen since June. Now, David DeGas has been watching all of this unfold today. Director Economics and Markets and NAB in London. Uh, so, Dave, at what point can I use the word route? Is it is it when sh- when shares are down three percent in one day, and we've got the the VIX index has gone from twenty seven at the end of last week up to almost forty today, and it's really only been there uh, since we were really in the midst of the the major European lockdown in March and April, but it's back up there now. Uh, maybe that's because we are heading back into that territory again. Certainly, the markets are think, thinking that, don't they? Yeah. Uh, in and good morning to you, Phil. In my very um, usually guarded way, Phil, I'd say <clears throat> it's it's notice certainly very noticeable, and uh, you know the market did hit the deck running this morning, uh, and it was running away from risk, and it was evident in uh, equity markets, which went deeply into the red pretty quickly. Now, whether you call that a route or whatever, yeah. but when you're talking about two three percent falls in stock markets, it, that's certainly getting people's attention, and we have seen. Stock markets, uh, stock market jitters in recent days, but really the currency spin off from that has been almost non existent. But we haven't seen that today. As you said, the US dollar's been in the ascendancy. It's, it's pretty much, I think, Phil, the very disturbing news on, uh, on infections on, from both sides of the Atlantic, really. So, you know, we've seen those French infection numbers. They're in, they're up 3.6% on a seven day moving average basis. Uh, 523 deaths they reported yesterday. Last time I checked, they hadn't yet reported their figures for today. Um, Mr. Macron might be, Macron might be announced, uh, able to announce that very, very soon uh, with an expected lockdown. Yeah. And Germany numbers, you know, rising 2.7%, 13,784, UK 24,701. And, uh, in England, 1,186 people admitted to hospital on the 25th of October. I think they're the very latest figures we have. I know, have that's the scary the thing, isn't it? So they had 310 deaths in the UK on Wednesday, which is, uh, like this time last week, it was 191. So that's quite a big rise. And there's 9,200 people mm. in hospital in the UK now, uh, which is not far off uh, half the number 
that were there at the peak in April, halfway there. And if you look look at some of yes. this, uh, some yes, of the figures yes. are now saying uh, uh, that you know the, the the group that advises the government is saying, well, okay, we might not meet meet the peak that we did mm. before, but we might have to accept that we're going to hit five hundred deaths a day, and that is going to be the norm all the way through winter and spring. So that's well, that, really that, that, that 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 yeah, that seems to be the advice of Sage, and of course, um, the press has been saying that they've been advising the government it needs to go into a lockdown now before Christmas. Mm. An interesting uh, YouGov put out a poll today saying that um, 61% of Brits want a unified approach to the rules for Christmas because, I mean, there is, a, there is a strong sense out there that there are going to be restrict, uh, stricter uh, yeah. conditions coming into, coming into play quite soon. Rules for Christmas. Think. You can only uh, have six Christmas presents each. That's it for Christmas. <laughs> that sort of rule, perhaps. And don't spend any more than £20 on anyone. They're the, they're the rules I'd like to see. Let's get, you know. I'm, I'm sure they're the rules you, I'm sure they're the <laughs> rules you and I would like, Phil, but I don't know where the world operates like out there. So it? this is, obviously the concern is from all of this, and, and France in particular and, and the UK, is there going to be more? Is the economy going to suffer because of all of this? And obviously also the same story in the United States. But, of course, you know, the, the issue in the United States as well is the question about the contestability of the U.S. election uh, and what mm-hmm. happens after it if it becomes more litigious. If it's close, does it then, is there then a process that drags on and does that delay the hope of a fiscal stimulus? Could it also lead to unrest in the country? I mean, I think, yes. yeah, I think that it's still looking like Biden's going to win. But this last day or two, we've had this nagging doubt, haven't we, that, well, maybe Trump's out there. You look at places like Florida and uh, Georgia and Ohio and Iowa, uh, which are places yes. that he won last time, which are expected Biden is leading. But his lead in some of these states is just percentage points. That could easily turn with Trump out rebel rousing. And of course, you know, he's out there playing, you know, he's the underdog card as well. So he's a smart operator when it comes to politics. We shouldn't dismiss Mm him at this stage for sure. Yeah, that's right. He certainly uh, made his position pretty clear on the postal ballots. And of course, because of the coronavirus, a lot more people are putting in uh, votes before election day, Phil. So what was it? Over 60 million now have have either voted early or in person or uh, through postal ballots. So it might be expecting too much. We're actually going to know the result uh, even next Tuesday. And, of course, we've got the aftermath, and, and you covered some of those issues there. So that means we're going to yeah. go through a volatile period, doesn't it, until after the election, really, so until we can be sure uh, that that's all being cleared off. Look, commodity currencies have been hit hard today. The Canadian dollar down around 1%. Big mm. falls uh uh, in oil as well, presumably because of demand expectations. If we do see more shutdowns, OPEC is supposed to be easing its production cuts in January. Uh, they'll have to rethink that, presumably, because uh, you know demand is back to normal from China, but that is about it. Well, a bit of that, plus, of course, the um, of course, if the infections is going to you know knock economic economic activity this quarter, which seems very very likely, if you've got. Germany, uh, uh, Angela Merkel has agreed with uh, state premiers that there will be a lockdown there for a month, so bars and uh, restaurants and so forth, but schools will remain open. But And then the, the French announcement and, you know, what might be um, announced in England uh, soon uh, and, of course, uh, all, of that, all of that uncertainty. So that feeds through to um, oil demand, at least for a period of time. Plus you've had today the US dollar going up as mm. well, Phil, so... That valuation yeah. effect on oil has been a, been a dampener yeah, of too. Of course. Now, the Bank of Canada, Canada, they've met. 
they've uh, announced no interest uh, changes, in, changing interest rates. They're going to stay low yes. for the next few years, obviously, um, but they're not going to take it any lower than 0.25%. Certainly not going to take it into, into negative territory. No, that, that, <clears throat> that's certainly the read-through today. So <clears throat> Governor Macklem was pretty clear in his press conference that um, they would keep the extraordinary uh, monetary policy settings <clears throat> until economic slack is taken up and on their forecasts, and uh, remember, Phil, uh, that um, they don't expect the vaccine to be widely available till 2022. Um, so I guess they're just being conservative mm. in that, and, you know, they'd, they'd love to be wrong on that score. So they don't see uh, economic slack being eaten up until 2023. So what's that, let's say, two and a half to two and a half years, maybe a bit longer than that. And, of course, we've had the Reserve Bank Governor in Australia saying that he expects the cash rate to be at its current level, you know, to remain low for three years. So it's a pretty clear message out there. And as you said, he was asked at the press conference about negative interest rates and he said that, um, well, it's in the toolkit but uh, <laughs> that old line. It, it's um, it, <laughs> but, it, not very helpful and could be disruptive yeah, do, now. Does it work? So I mean, do, he's not ruling it out. Does it work? I mean, that's the question, isn't it? I mean, you know, you, you it gets applied <laughs> to the you know to you know? to the excess reserves that are sitting in the central bank for for all the you know for the commercial banks. Uh, but are the commercial banks going to do anything with those yeah. excess reserves? I mean, they, are they going to issue loans that are going to call Indeed. on those reserves? Probably not, because there's no demand for them. Because hey, guess what? There's a pandemic on. So there's. Well, I mean, you can understand, you know, why some people question. Well, we had very similar sentiments, if ever there was any doubt, from Ian Harper, who's on the board of the RBA, in an interview he did with James Glynn, mm. the Wall Street Journal, saying that, um, you know, they don't want, to, don't want to see any pressure on household deposits. The last thing they want people doing is pulling money out of the bank and, and uh, stuffing it at, under the bed, so to speak. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, to put it, to put it in, 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 uh, in, actual, in actual terms... So uh, they're definitely not going down that road, and it seems very, very unlikely the Bank of Canada will either. He didn't rule it out completely, but he said the bar is very high. Yeah. Well, it's a mat- mat- worse than the mattress. Maybe putting in risky assets could be the other concern as well, which raises the question, w- what can the ECB do? They meet Thursday, which is uh, today in Australia, but Indeed. tomorrow their time. Christine Lagarde, she must be wondering why she uh, why she wanted the gig. Uh, she'll be thinking, Mario Draghi never had any of this trouble. Rising <laughs> COVID numbers, deflation, slow growth, negative interest rate. They've turned Japanese, haven't they? Which is interesting because the Bank of Japan's meeting as well today, uh, faced with the same problems. Maybe they'll just copy off each other. Maybe they'll just say, we'll do whatever she's doing. But well, what is she <clears> going to <throat> do? What is the... Uh, yeah, I, th- I think a couple of points there as far as the ECB is concerned. I think you can reasonably ask, what more can the ECB do mm under these circumstances. I mean, if they're going into lockdown, it's all about health policy, isn't it? And primarily about fiscal policy and fiscal support. And of course, you know, the short hours schemes in Europe have been extended into next year. So those are very much in play. You've got the sure funding for those schemes this year and you've got the uh, the recovery fund next year. So, of course, the atmospherics at the meeting will be somewhat more tense. But um, the ECB could, you know, the guidance they gave last time was the pandemic emergency purchase program will continue through to at least June 21. They could extend that. But um, to be quite honest, how much extra 
um, policy effect would yeah. they get from from doing 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 too much more? Well, uh, I think uh, the more stimulus is, is needed, and more fiscal stimulus. That's all that can be done at this stage. Look, we get uh, well, we had, we had Aussie CPI for Q3 yesterday, one point six percent. No big surprise there. Oil would be a chunk of that, of course, plus the the end to government subsidies pushing prices up a little bit. More important though is going to be business expectations today for Q3 in the NAB business survey. That'll give us an idea of how well the Aussie economy is bouncing back. It, it will. It'll provide us some um, readings on Q3 expectations, particularly for CapEx, Phil, and their reading of the, of, uh, you know, what businesses are saying about the labour market. Of course, you go back three quarters and uh, labour constraint was quite a, uh, a prominent issue amongst businesses, but, you know, that's all been turned on its head now. And the Q3 number for US GDP. Let's just remind ourselves of the Q2 number, month on month. Yes. Minus yes. 31.4%. So yes. is it going to be a V-shape? Uh, is it going to be up as much? And if it is, will it last or is it just really going to be the first half of a W? That's the that's the big well, question, isn't it? it? You know, if you just mention what is expected to be plus 32, you think, oh, there you go, you've got a V. But, uh, of course... Not quite. And of course, yeah. I can think of one person who will use that figure quite a lot in the in, in coming days. But um, <laughs> it's it still a long way to go when you've got an unemployment rate, you know, that's really in the high single digits now. Yeah. So it's a lot of ground to make up. There is, there. and on that, we get the US weekly jobless claims today. We get the core PC deflator for the United States, economic confidence numbers for Europe, CPI for Germany, pending home sales for the United States. It all comes at once, doesn't it? But we've spoken for long Goodness me. <laughs> we've spoken for long enough. Good to talk, Dave. Catch you again very soon. Cheers, Phil. These infection levels in Europe are a big concern, and it's not even really got cold there yet. So uh, what could November and December bring? That's it for the morning call for today. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.